Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Brian Coffee with Kaizen number 40. We about to go live, baby. Let's do it. All right, ladies and gents. I'm going to say right now, sorry to everyone if I pronounce your names incorrectly. Super Shredder, what's up? Harold, what's up? Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're watching the live stream from. I hope y'all are doing good. Does listening to podcasts, even if you don't understand, help you learn English? That's a really good question. I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. I'm trying to remember what it was like when I was learning Spanish, because I listened to podcasts a lot and radio shows when I was listening to, or uh, learning Spanish and I'm trying to think did I listen to it yeah I think so I think so I'm pretty sure I remember listening to Spanish that I couldn't understand just to get exposed to the language because yeah the more I think about it the more conviction I feel so I would say yeah listening to the language even if you don't understand everything can be very helpful just to like be immersed in it and just to be hearing it as much as possible, even if you can't understand a single word, because it's not just about the words that are being said, right? Communication is more than just words. It's the tone of voice. So try to notice the difference in the way people use their intonation to express what they're saying, or like just the way the words sound to you. Are there lots of consonants? Are there lots of use of vowels? You know, does it sound like they sing when they speak? Just take notice of all the details of their communication and the way they express themselves not just the words that they choose so i would say yeah 100 percent listening to the language even when you can't understand is beneficial if you listen attentively and don't focus on just the meaning of the words but like how they sound and how they use them and how you feel when you hear them and how it's different from your natural way of expressing yourself in your native language because one thing i've noticed like speaking multiple languages is like you start to develop almost, not multiple personalities, that sounds, that's not what I mean to say, but you develop like more of yourself and you you might come to notice that you express yourself differently in different languages, even though you're the same person. 
like in English, you might be kind of direct and like not necessarily formal, but more monotone and just sounding like the way I sound right now. But maybe in Spanish, you sound much more lively and expressive. In Portuguese, you're much more playful. You might notice that about yourself when you speak more than one language. So um, by listening to the language, even when you don't understand it, I think you can start to maybe not internalize, but get exposed to a different way of expressing oneself that has nothing to do with your choice of words. Hopefully that makes sense and answers your question. What does it mean when somebody says, I have a good head on my shoulders? That's a good one. If you have a good head on your shoulders, it just means that like that you are um, you're intelligent, like you're a critical thinker. Your parents raised you to uh, we would say that your parents raised you right. You see what I'm saying? You know how to use your head productively. You know, you're not focused on insignificant nonsense like most people you have you're focused on what's important in life you know what i'm saying you don't really entertain nonsense you're smart you know um what you should be spending your time on you're just not it's it's hard to explain actually now that i think about it but it just means like you're not involved in a bunch of nonsense like most people you were raised right and correctly to use your brain productively for productive things but now that i'm explaining it there has to be a better explanation than that so let's ask Google, to have a good head on your shoulders. Google says to be sensible and reliable. There you go. What was that? Fucking four words. They explained it better. So, yeah, it means to be sensible and reliable. You have you have a good common sense. That's a better way of saying it. Somebody who has a good head on their shoulders um, possesses common sense. They have good sense. They're a sensible person, you know? typically pretty rational they can think critically um intelligently and stuff like that so if somebody says you got a good head on your shoulders that's a good thing that's a compliment i think good question um thanks bro or thank bro which one is correct thanks bro it's either thank you bro or thanks bro we don't say thank and also another thing that's really common especially for spanish speakers is they'll say thanks to you for example, I might say thank you for this thing, and you might you might want to say no, gracias a ti, right? Thanks to you, but that's translating literally. In this case, you wouldn't translate literally. You would just say no, thank you. So somebody says thanks, you can say no, 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 thank you, thank you. If you want to say thanks to you, that's a that's a, a phrase for a different context. Like we would say, if I'm saying thanks to you, I'm saying that you are the reason this thing happened, right? Like maybe, um, I don't know, we just finished building a house. This is a bad example. But we just finished building a house. And I would say it was all thanks to you, which means you were responsible for this happening. You made the plans. You found the workers. You helped us build it. It's all thanks to you. Without you, this would not have happened. In other words, this happened thanks to you. That's when we would say thanks to you. When we are in USA. Is it bad to pronounce the T when we're in the USA? For example little bottle no it's not bad there's nothing wrong with pronouncing the t's it's just a lot of people from the u.s don't pronounce the t's in words like that like you heard me say bottle it sounds like a d bottle little shuttle brittle sounds like a d but you can say bottle brittle shuttle i mean it's not the most common thing here people will probably know you're not from here but There's nothing wrong with that, so, you know, say it how you want. 
Any tips on how to be more confident when speaking in English with native speakers? Yeah, for sure. I would say, first of all, just speak to natives more and you'll gain confidence that way. But second of all, um, ask yourself why you feel insecure. I mean, I guess the, the secret to gaining more confidence is to figure out why you feel insecure in the first place. You can't solve the problem unless you know what the source of the problem is, you know. But I guess some general tips is remember they're just a human being, right? They're no better or worse than you. They're no more important or less important. So it's just you're just talking to an, another human being. So I don't understand, like, why. I mean, I understand why you wouldn't feel confident because you you don't feel that you can express yourself the way you would like. But the only way you can get better at that is if you practice. So if you just keep doing it naturally, you're going to get better and the better you get the more confident you feel so my general tip would be to practice and just remember you're talking to a just another person like and they're most likely not judging you the way you're judging yourself you're most likely much harder on yourself than this stranger is on you you see what i'm saying so those are my general tips what's the difference between a and an that's a good question they're the same thing it's just the word an a n comes before um comes before nouns that start with a vowel a e i o u right so i could say a pen and pen starts with a p it's not a vowel right but i could say i wouldn't say a apple because apple starts with a that's a vowel i would say an apple i'm going to eat an apple or i'm going to write with a pen i wouldn't say an pen and i wouldn't say a apple you see what i'm saying if we're talking about speaking grammatically correctly, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. They're the same word, it's just and comes before words that start with a vowel because it, it makes it easier and it sounds better to connect the speech that way. Like when I say a apple, it just hits the ear wrong. But if I say an apple, it's easier to connect those words and just say the whole thing, an apple. Hopefully that makes sense. But I don't have the possibility speaking with the native speaker. You probably do, or let me say it a different way. I don't know what your situation is, but even if you don't live in an English-speaking country or have any friends that speak English right now or natives as friends, um, there's a bunch of things you could do. You can get on Discord and find a server for language exchanges. You can get on Omegle or OmiTV or HelloTalk or Tandem or Lingbee. There's a bunch of different apps you can download for free and do a language exchange with somebody who wants to learn your language and you want to learn theirs or that's just willing to help you learn theirs. It just depends on the situation, but you can find servers, apps, websites to meet a bunch of just random people that speak English as their first language. So you can also pay for a private teacher or something of that nature. You can join the life in English community. If that's an option that seems good to you, there's a bunch of stuff you can do. So um, if you don't have a native speaker right now, I would say go find one because you can find one. People do it every day, you know. Um, I live in Ukraine. I want to speak English fluently. Yeah, so now I understand what you're saying. You live in Ukraine and there are no English speakers in your daily experience. I understand that perfectly. Uh, I would say the best options for you are find a language exchange partner on an app or a website. Hire a private teacher to take classes once or twice or three times a week, whatever works for you. Or you can join some type of online learning community. Those would be the um, the three options 
I would recommend. Hello Talk is an app. Yes, but it's spelled. I'm gonna type it for you. Hello Talk, like that. One word. Hello Talk. That's actually where I found the majority of my language exchange partners, especially when I was learning Portuguese. Like some of my best friends I met on Hello Talk. You know, so. But I guess, and to be honest, the the app or the website where you find them doesn't matter. It, what you'll f- quickly realize when you're trying to find a language exchange partner is that finding somebody isn't necessarily the problem. It's maintaining the relationship that is the hard part, keeping the conversation going for not only that day, but then talking to them again day after day after day for months or years. That's the hard part. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people struggle with that just because they... um don't really understand the art of communication. They don't understand how conversations work and they're very poor listeners, you know? A lot of people don't see success making conversation with people because they're only interested in talking. They're only interested in talking about themselves too. They're not interested in listening or learning more about that other person or what it's like to be them or their thoughts or beliefs or experiences or doubts or anything like that. They just want to talk, 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 talk. But I guarantee you, if you start listening to people, I promise you, bro, you will have better conversations and people will want to speak to you more. And guess what happens when you do that? You have more conversations, which means you have more opportunities to practice your English. You see what I'm saying? It's not about nouns, verbs, and adjectives and courses. You just got to talk to people. And once you learn how to talk to people, you can learn any language you want with enough time, effort, and practice. That's a promise. Not my opinion. That's a promise, bro. That's a guarantee. All right? So give it a try. Where are you from? I'm from the U.S., but I've lived in a bunch of different cities. So I spent the first half of my life in California and the second half in Georgia. And that's where I am now. Come speak to us about used to, get used to, and got used to. That's a good one. All right. So used to, we typically use this when referring to something that happened in the past on a regular basis, right? For example, I could say I used to play basketball when I was a kid. And that just gives you the idea that I played basketball in the past, but I did it on a regular basis, not just once. See what I'm saying? I played multiple times a week or for years when I was a kid. I don't anymore. But I did it a lot when I was a kid. I used to do it. You see what I'm saying? Or I used to live in San Diego, California, which means for an extended period of time, I lived in San Diego. Now I do not. So that's used to. What was the other one? Get used to? That's completely different. To get used to something means to get accustomed to something. It becomes normal to you. You become uh, comfortable with this idea, this person, this place, or this thing. So I just moved to france i don't know and at first it's a shock it's very different the culture the language the climate everything is different it takes me some time to get used to life in france to become accustomed to life in france or to get adjusted to life in france that's what it means to get used to something hopefully that makes sense and then got used to is just the past tense of get used to Right. So I'm in France now and you call me and you say, hey, how's life going in France? How is everything? I could say I already got used to life here. And that's not the best example. I'm just trying to show you that we say that in the past tense. Get used to in the present, got used to in the past. I will have an inter- an English interview. What do you recommend? I can't really recommend anything because... 
you haven't really told me much. I understand you're having an interview, but uh, what do I recommend in terms of what specifically? I don't know what you mean. Um, but for everybody listening, I would say general interview tips. One, calm the fuck down. Just breathe, relax. A lot of people get nervous before interviews, but it's like, bro, it's just a conversation. And you have to remember, an interview is just as much for you as it is for them. This is something it took me a while to learn. Like when I was younger, I thought, oh, an interview is I have to prove myself to them and show them I deserve this job and I'm worthy. Please hire me. And although that is true, it's also true for them. You need to decide, is this a good company for me? Do I like the way they talk to and treat me? Do I appreciate the culture here? Would I be happy here? Because maybe you're right for them, but they're not right for you. So just go in there thinking on on even terms like you're, you're not here You're here with them and you guys are trying to decide if you will work well together. That's the purpose of an interview, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So I would say think about that. And also, um, don't be afraid to think before you answer the question. A lot of people get nervous and anxious because the interviewer will ask a question and they're like, oh, shit, I got to say something. I got to say something. But there's nothing wrong with sitting there in silence and thinking about what you want to say and then answering the question. You're almost guaranteed to give a better answer if you take the time to think before you speak so don't be afraid to slow down think and then speak so those are my general tips without knowing exactly what you were asking me usually when i try to speak with another person my brain freezes i mean i guess there's multiple reasons on why that could be but uh, i would say Like I always say, one of the easiest ways to solve that problem, one of the best ways to solve that problem is just to talk more. Find one, maybe two people that you feel very comfortable with and talk to them every day. It has to be somebody that you don't feel afraid to make mistakes with or to sound stupid or to make a fool of yourself. You have to be able to be silly and playful with this person because if you're learning this language, you're going to say stuff that makes no sense. You're going to say stuff that sounds weird. And you have to be able to do that with somebody who doesn't make you feel like an idiot for it or or anything like that. You see what I'm saying? So once you find that person, just talk to them all day, every day. Because like I was just saying, when when you have that person that you feel confident with, you can take your time, slow down and think before you speak. It's just a process. So once you do that for enough time, you'll be able to do it faster because you've been doing it for a while. And then eventually you'll be able to do it really, really fast. The same way I'm doing it right now. So. Yeah, it's just practice, bro. Obviously, there are things that somebody could coach you on. There's a lot you can learn about the art of communication and how you say the things you say and the words you choose. Like there are so many things that have nothing to do with language itself, you know. So I would say take some time to learn about the art of communication and how to express yourself better. And I think all of those things involved or what's the word I'm looking for? Implementing all those things. In conversations with that special person we talked about is how you're going to get better at uh, making conversation and you won't freeze up so much. You know, it's just practice. What does stereotype mean? What does therapy mean? Hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you go to Google.com and type in a word and then the word definition, Google will tell you what the word means. So you can type in therapy definition and get the definition and examples and all that. Same thing with the word stereotype. And then when you don't understand the examples or the sentences or the context, then you call your teacher and say, hey, I searched for this word, 
found this meaning in this example, but I don't understand it in this context. Can you help me understand that? That's what you ask your teacher, not the meaning of a word, because I'm not a dictionary. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I don't mean no disrespect. I'm not mad or upset. I'm just trying to teach you a better way to learn things. Because if I go to, I'm, all I'm going to do is go here, type in therapy and give you the definition. You can do that for yourself. You know, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. So a better way to get more value out of your classes with your teacher or your courses or whatever it is, is to go and look for the answer yourself first. And then when you hit a brick wall, go ask another person, help yourself so that other people can then help you. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, why did you leave California? Hi from the Ukraine. What's up, my friend? Uh, my family left California the first time. Just be- I mean, my dad got a new job in a different state, so we left California. But then I went back to California, and then we left again just because it was way too expensive. Life in California is ridiculously expensive. Like, ridiculously. <laughs> it's probably the most expensive place in America. And I mean from north to south, from Canada all the way down to Argentina. California has to be the most expensive place in America. It has to be. Maybe New York is like right there with California, but I don't know. I think New York City is expensive, but the state of California is just like ridiculous, bro. Like ridiculous. So we left because uh, it was just getting a little too pricey. And for those of you that don't know, the word pricey, is a is an adjective that we use to describe something that has a high price, right? So I might ask you, why didn't you buy those shoes that you were talking about? Oh, they're a little too pricey. They're too pricey. I mean, they're too expensive. The price is too high. Okay, so there you go. Isn't it better to learn from natives? Not necessarily. No, not necessarily. I think it depends on the situation. Obviously, a native just naturally knows when something sounds correct or incorrect. But it wasn't until I started studying the English language to be able to teach it that I really knew something about my language before that. Before like 23 or 24 years old, maybe 21 or 22, it doesn't matter. Before that age, I didn't really know much about English. So I I wouldn't have been able to teach it to somebody the way I'm able to teach it now. Back then, the only thing I could have told you is, does that sound natural or not? You know what I mean? So just because you're a native doesn't mean that you can teach it. Obviously, it's great to learn with natives because you're listening to the the most authentic version of the language and you can imitate their pronunciation. You're going to hear their natural words and expressions and slang and stuff like that. But it doesn't mean that they're a better teacher than somebody who learned English as a foreign language is not now teaching it. it. Has nothing to do with if it's your native language or not. So I guess it depends on what your goals are and like what you prefer. But does being a native make you a better teacher? I don't think so. I think it's all about your ability to teach like and your knowledge of the language and um, your methodology for teaching, right? So that's what I think makes a difference, but that's just my opinion. So what do you think about the Boozoo app? I've never used it, but I have heard many good things about it. Many of my students and friends have um, used the language to learn English as well as German, and they say really good things about it. They say that uh, the exercises and the activities are very interactive, and you don't feel like you're studying, but you still learn a lot about the language and the culture. That's what I heard, but I don't know because I've never used it. So, But to be honest with you, man, like there are a lot of good apps out there, bro. Cake is another good one, so I've heard some of my other students tell me about that one. 
Hello Talk, Buzu, even Duolingo is good. It just depends on what your objective is, like what level you're currently at or what your learning style is and all that. So any app is good. You just have to find the one that's right for you. But all the apps are useless if you don't take the information and put it into practice. You got to talk to people, natives, non-natives. And talking to people who are non-native speakers is just as important, if not more important, than talking to natives because the world is learning English. So you might go to a country or be in a business meeting or, or something where everyone speaks English, but none of them are natives. And you need to understand them, too. You see what I'm saying? So by speaking to non-natives, you also get accustomed to or exposed to other accents and word choices and the way people from certain countries express themselves in English. You see what I'm saying? That's extremely important. Extremely important. And you see that like in the life in English community when we're on Discord. We got people from Colombia and Brazil, uh, Spain, Indonesia, Vietnam. So it's like all these people speak English in different ways, but we all speak English. So like training yourself to understand many different types of English is important as well. So... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What would be a good place to go visiting or maybe look for work? I guess you mean in the U.S.? That's the only place I can talk about. So a good place, good places to visit in the U.S. Definitely New Orleans, Louisiana is at the top of the list. It's one of my favorite cities. Uh, San Diego, California. It depends on what you like. So I'm going to do it this way. If you are into cities and metropolises and things of that nature, I would say visit Los Angeles, obviously New York City, Houston, uh, maybe Atlanta. It depends on what you like. If you like the city, visit places like that. I can't speak about other cities. I guess Miami is a good place to go. But if you're trying to experience like culture from the U.S., probably don't go to Miami because like every time I go to Miami, I feel like I'm in Latin America. Like I hear more Spanish and Portuguese than English when I go to Miami. So if you're if your goal is to like learn English and get exposed to um, that lifestyle, let's say I'll probably say don't go to Miami. Miami is great. If you love tropical environments, the beach, the food, the culture, the energy is great. But uh, anyway, if you like beaches, San Diego, 100 percent. I can't think of a better beach. A more beautiful beach than the beaches in San Diego. It's the best, man. Yeah, it's good. What does it mean, tough? You just said that. 
I don't know how to pronounce your name. L-A-U-T-I-B-E-H-A-R. That is an excellent question and something that I encourage all of you to do. Something that I've seen people not do for years after teaching English. So let me give you a situation. You're in a conversation with somebody speaking English, obviously, and you're still learning. You don't understand every single word or expression that's being used. And the native speaker is talking, or even a non-native, somebody is talking to you, and they say a word or a phrase you don't understand. You've never heard it before. What most people do in that situation is they just let the person keep talking. And that's fine. Like, you can do whatever you want, but I think a much more productive way to have these conversations and to learn more from them is to ask questions. So just like our friend asked me the meaning of this word that I just used, if somebody says a word or a phrase you don't understand in a conversation, just politely stop them. Whoa, excuse me. Just a second. You said this word or this phrase. What does that mean? I've never heard that before. Right? And then once they tell you what it means, ask, like, is that formal or informal? Is that rude? Is that aggressive? In what context can I use that word? This is how you learn to speak like a native because a native just used that word or expression you've never heard before. You know natives use it, and then you get a native to explain it to you in the context of the situation, and you're going to internalize the word or phrase much more because you learned it in a situation where you were actually using the language. You didn't just read it from a list of vocabulary that you're certainly going to forget tomorrow after you go to sleep. You see what I'm saying? So I would recommend to everybody, ask more questions. If somebody says something you don't understand, ask them what they meant by that so you can understand and the other benefit of that is you you demonstrate to them that you're actually listening people love to be listened to so when you show them you're paying attention and you're listening that makes them feel good it makes them want to talk more and what that means is the conversation is going to last longer and what that means is you're going to be speaking english for a longer period of time you guys get what i'm saying you follow me i hope so so now let me answer your question the word tough T-O-U-G-H. What does that mean? In this case, it just means difficult. If I say, man, that's a tough one, or Japanese is tough, it means Japanese is difficult to learn. You know what I'm saying? Or jiu-jitsu is really tough. It's very difficult to do it correctly or to learn how to do it. It just means difficult, you know? Now, in a different context, the word tough means like, like durable, not easily broken. You see what I'm saying? Like... um if somebody says that's a tough guy or he's really tough, a tough guy is somebody that's like hard, figuratively speaking. You can't break their spirit easily. They're not afraid of a fight or an altercation or a disagreement. Like they're not weak. Tough is like the opposite of weak and frail and brittle and broken easily. See what I'm saying? Is it right to say I will do a class when I'm going to watch a class in school? No. I would say... um, you just you said it yourself. You said it yourself. Is it right to say I will do a class when I'm going to watch a class? You just said it yourself. You watch a class. You see what I'm saying? Really, you take a class. But if you're talking about sitting in the classroom and watching what's happening, then you're watching the class or paying attention to the class. But yeah, I would say I'm going to go listen to this lecture or watch this class. Yeah. But if you're talking about in general, I would say I'm taking classes, I'm taking piano classes, or I'm taking karate lessons or something like that. We take classes, we take courses, you know? Do I need to translate English to Vietnamese when I teach Vietnamese students? That's a good question. And to be honest, I don't know for sure. I think it depends on 
the situation, I think it depends on the student too. Because, I mean, in the beginning, like translating is necessary. You have to translate, especially complex sentences or ideas or idioms and expressions, things like that. Like you have to. But they're just, you get to this point in the learning journey where you need to stop translating all the time. There's nothing wrong with using a translator. I do it all the time, even today. I've been speaking Portuguese for like five years, and I still translate things from time to time. Same with Spanish. But using it all the time or constantly translating or speaking in both languages, I don't think it's just not the most productive way because you're constantly mixing the two languages in your head, but they're separate. They need, they need to be separate in your brain so that you can turn one off and turn the other on. You ever seen somebody in a conversation like, a polyglot. There might be a Spanish speaker here, a Portuguese speaker there, and an English speaker there. And effortlessly, they can switch from Spanish to Portuguese to English to Portuguese to Spanish. Just ba ba ba. They're going back and forth between languages. It's because those languages are clearly separated in their brain, so they can turn one off, turn the other one on. They they spent time focusing on one and mastering that one, so that now they have a Portuguese brain and an English brain, and they can turn one on and turn the other one off whenever they want. But if you're constantly translating everything, how are you going to turn one on and the other off when they're both connected? You just shut the whole thing off. You can't, it doesn't make sense. Hopefully my example makes sense seeing what my hands are doing. I don't know. But that's the way I think about language. You have to separate them in your brain. You have to, if you ever hope to speak it fluently and confidently without the help of your native language. In my mind, it's the only way. So in the beginning, yes, you should translate. But after a certain point, once you see that they can understand most of what you're saying in English and they can express basic ideas in English, it's time to stop translating all English all the time, unless absolutely necessary. That's just the way I like to do things. And I've seen better results in students when you push them to understand and speak more English without relying on the translator. They just develop so much more quickly. So hopefully that helps. How can I improve my speaking if I don't have someone to practice. I actually have a podcast episode about that specifically. I think it's number 128. Let me just make sure really quick. Podcast 128. Is it 128? No, it's not. Hang on a second. I was close. It's something like that. Uh, Number 130. Go If you find my podcast, click the link in my bio click on podcast and search for episode number 130, improving your speaking skills by yourself. I give you a simple activity that you can do every day, multiple times a day to practice your English speaking skills by yourself without another human. It's very effective. I've done it myself. I know it works. So just give that a try. But some other things you can do is maybe find someone to talk to. There's many options for that. You can join the Life in English community. You can take private classes. You can find free Discord servers to do language exchanges. You can use HelloTalk, Tandem, Lingby. Just search for language exchange app. There are a bunch of them. A bunch. And most of them are free. So if you don't have something that you want, then find a way to get it. That's my recommendation. Is there a difference between attend and attend to? Yes. Good question. The difference between attend and attend to, off the top of my head, there might be exceptions. When I hear them, attend means to be present for something. Like I might attend a ceremony, which basically means just go to the ceremony and be present. I'm attending the ceremony. But attend to someone or something means to take care of it. 
right? If I'm, how do, if I attend to my affairs, if I attend to this situation, so I'm taking care of it, I'm resolving it in some way. But now that I'm saying it, I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Let me find an official definition for attend to. Um, direct one's attention. To apply oneself to your work, to apply the mind. Uh, that one's more difficult to explain. Attend to something. Because the dictionary is telling me like that's, this dictionary is saying to deal with something. For example, we still have a number of other matters to attend to. That's another way of saying we have a number of other things that we need to deal with or situations or issues that need to be resolved. That's the way I would use attend to. So another example is he likes to work. No, I said that wrong. He likes work that requires him to attend to a lot of details. That's not the best example, but basically what that means is he likes doing work that requires him to pay attention to pay attention to a lot of details or to deal with lots of details. He loves detail-oriented work. So I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but that's my understanding of attend and attend to. To go to and be present for something and to deal with or pay attention to something is the difference. Hey man, your podcast is really good. What other th- what other podcasts do you recommend? I got tongue tied there for a second. That's a phrase I can teach you. If you get tongue tied, that basically means like you for a second you lose the ability to talk. It's almost like your tongue gets tied up in a knot or something like that. So instead of being like this, it kind of gets all mixed up and you can't talk correctly. Your your mouth goes like that. And you try to say something and it just comes out like, I'm tongue tied. It's like my tongue is tied in a knot and I can't use it. But anyway, thank you for your words. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Some other podcasts I can recommend. Definitely Luke's English podcast. That's a great one, especially if you're trying to get familiar with the British accent. He's an English teacher from England and um, he's got a great podcast. He's been doing it for like 10 or 11 years now. It's got like 800 episodes of some crazy shit. Shout out to you, Luke. So I would say check that one out. Um, some other good podcasts in English. It depends on the subject, though, because I wouldn't only recommend podcasts for learning English. I would actually recommend podcasts made for native English speakers so you can hear real English being spoken. So the Joe Rogan experience, I always recommend, especially if you want to learn more about the art of communication. If you want to learn how to have a conversation, listen to the older episodes of the Joe Rogan experience, episode like 500, 800, 1000. Go back a little bit when he was in his older studio and just listen to the way he presses record on the camera and the microphone and just starts talking to this person that he's most likely never met before or doesn't speak to on a regular basis and just watch this man make conversation for three hours with a stranger again and again and again and again that's why i don't really have much uh what's the word i'm looking for let me say that differently that's why i'm always telling people to learn about the art of communication because if you watch the joe rogan experience especially if you watch it not just listen you'll see this man implementing the art of communication with complete strangers, and yet somehow he manages to talk to them for two hours, three hours, every single time. Every time. So you can talk to strangers, bro. You can make conversation. You just have to learn how to do it. A lot of times people are very poor listeners and they're very lazy with their words and in their communication. So the results 
or the resulting conversation is very dull and very boring. But if you learn how to make conversation, take interest in other people, listen with the intention of understanding and not just responding, and then learn how to express yourself, you'll have better conversations. It doesn't matter what language it is. Obviously, if you're learning how to speak a language like you don't have all the words and vocabulary you would like to have to express yourself. But, bro, that just comes with time and practice and conversation. Because when you're having a conversation, you're naturally going to come across or discover words and phrases you don't know how to say. So then you can ask the native, how do I say this? Or go to Google and search, how do I say this? And then ask the native, is this correct? That's how you learn. You just got to do it every day for months, for years. You see what I'm saying? So, anyway... Back to the podcast recommendations. The Joe Rogan experience is really good. I've been listening to a podcast called Marketing Your Business by Stu McLaren. Another great one to listen to if you're interested in marketing. Uh, Man, the Gary V audio experience. I'm interested in podcasts about business, technology, marketing. So I would typically recommend stuff like that. But it depends on your interests. I would say listen to a podcast that talks about something you're interested in naturally. Or that's going to teach you something interesting, you know? How can I improve my vocabulary? I don't know when you left this comment, but my answer is by doing all the stuff I just talked about. Mainly having conversations with people, and you will quickly identify what you don't know how to say. And that means you'll identify what you need to learn. So you just have to be consistent and dedicated. It doesn't, there's a a million ways to learn English. Not literally, there's actually a only a few ways, but they're all extremely simple. You can do it by reading, writing, listening, speaking with apps, with websites, with classes, with courses. There's so many. There are too many resources out there. And I think that's the problem for a lot of people. There are so many choices. Everybody's sitting there asking themselves, like, which one should I choose? When really, you just need to make a choice. Just choose one. If it doesn't work for you, try something else until you find something that you like. But once you find something you like, The secret, the key, the thing that people are charging you thousands of dollars for to learn is that all you need is consistency. Every method or app or website is fucking useless if you are not doing it every day, if you're not doing it consistently for an extended period of time. It's just like every other skill, bro. Would you expect to become a phenomenal soccer player without playing every day? Of course not. Would you expect to become a a phenomenal chef or writer or painter without practicing and learning new techniques to get better? Of course not. So you just have to be consistent, bro. Do it every day. And regardless of the method, you will learn more. But you have to do it every day. So that's how you can improve your vocabulary. What's the best way to sound like American natives? Talk with them all the time. All day, every day, all day, every day. There's actually a really, really good YouTube channel called Rachel's English, I think. I think that's what it's called. But I know if you go to Google and type in Rachel's English, R-A-C-H-E-L apostrophe S, Rachel's English, you will find her channel. Um, And she makes a lot of videos about pronunciation, English phonetics, and like connected speech and things like that. So you can, I'm sure you can learn a lot by watching her videos. So check her out on YouTube. I like this question. How do you deal with mean people? (laughs) That is a really good question. I think there are many, many, many ways, but I will speak for myself. This has definitely changed over the years too. Like in the past, dealing with mean people, I used to be a mean person, honestly. 
So I would deal with mean people by being mean to them. I would try to fight fire with fire, which is a stupid idea. It's so fucking stupid. It makes no sense. So these days, a lot of times when I see somebody being mean or rude or inconsiderate just just because, just naturally, I mean, typically you might, I feel frustration like, damn, who the fuck raised you, bro? I'm mad at I'm not even mad at you. I'm mad at your fucking parents for raising a little bitch. But quickly after that, you kind of feel pity because what you realize is that it's very, very, very easy to be mean. It's very easy to be rude and disrespectful. It's easy to speak before you think. It's easy to judge people. All of that negative shit, that's the easy part. That comes naturally. What's very difficult is to be kind and respectful and courteous and considerate at all times with all people. That's hard. So when you see somebody just being mean or being an asshole or rude to people just for just because, just for no reason, it's because they're weak. They're cowards. They're scared. They're not strong enough to be nice. Not even nice. I don't like the word nice. Be kind. Being kind means being gentle and respectful of people. Being nice is like people pleasing. That's something different. But you get my point. It's difficult to remain kind and respectful and courteous at all times, even with people you don't like or appreciate. That's the hard thing. So when you see people doing that, like you appreciate it and respect it more because you know it's hard to do. But somebody who's being mean, it's just like you can't take it personally, bro. Like most of the time it's a stranger or somebody who doesn't know you very well or has no reason to be being mean to you. So once you remember that, it's just like who gives a shit? Just in English we say brush it off. Right? Right now I am brushing the dirt off of my shoulder. I'm brushing it off. So when somebody's mean or says some stupid shit or leaves a comment on your video or disrespects you, it's just like like whatever. Let it go. That person has to be in a very dark bad place. In order for them to be spitting out all that negativity and hatred and rudeness and all that shit. They have to be in a bad place. So feel sorry for them. Let them go on about their lives. You know, just brush it off, bro. Doesn't mean anything. It only affects you if you let it. You know what I'm saying? So I think by looking at the situation correctly and just understanding them being mean to you has nothing to do with you. Those are internal problems that they don't know how to deal with. So they just push it out to everyone else. That's weakness. That's cowardice. You know what I'm saying? So just brush it off. That's all you got to do. Do not react. Do not invest your emotional energy into that negative bullshit. Because guess what happens when you do that? You get back negative bull. Have you ever engaged with an asshole? Somebody who clearly does not give a fuck about being respectful or kind or thinking before they speak. Have you tried to engage with somebody like that? What happens? It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And now you're playing their game, right? Now you have sunk into their level. You don't need to do that. Don't need to do that. You stay here. Don't let them bring you down here. You stay here and fucking keep moving. And ask yourself, am I going to be thinking about this a year from now? No. Who gives a shit about that asshole? Keep moving, bro. Keep moving. So that's what I think. That's how I deal with mean people. I just keep on moving. Fuck them. All right, my friends, I got to go, y'all. So hopefully you enjoyed the live. Thank you for being here. I don't know how long we've been here, at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half or something like that. So hopefully you guys learned a lot from the live. Keep asking your questions. There will be a another, there will be another live, most likely, most likely next Wednesday. I can't say for sure. Tuesday or Wednesday. 
next week. All right. But like I said, if you got questions, keep asking. Click the link in my bio for more information about the Life in English community. If you want to come practice your English with us and learn with the podcast, um, I'm trying to think of what other resources are available to y'all. Oh, I almost forgot. Private class registration for August is now closed. If you would like to take private classes in September, the registration will open the third week of August, but I'll send another message out to you guys when the time comes. But um, yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed the rest of your Tuesday. Let me know if you guys got questions. If you do have questions, either leave them in the comment section of my newest videos or send me a DM on Instagram, not TikTok. Yeah, those are probably the best ways to reach me if you got questions about English. If I don't get them, if I don't get to them immediately, just be patient because I get lots of messages. But I'm trying to help y'all out so y'all can learn this beautiful language that is English. All right. So y'all take care, man. I got to go. Have a great rest of your day. Now, what I have to do is figure out how to stop this live. I almost forgot. Ah, there we go. All right. Now I'm going. I will see y'all soon. Much love. Y'all take care. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.